106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. He's a tennis player, Novak Djokovic. He's like the best player ever. He's ever so good at tennis. He's dedicated his life to it. What's right. your point, sir? He can't... <laughs> he... <laughs> Ten... he cannot get into America. No. He'd like to be playing at the, uh, I think it's coming up, the Miami Open or something. He is unvaccinated, but he's had COVID twice. He had this, again, natural immunity. Something we always used to understand was, like, better than the actual vaccine. Somehow that got to be reversed. But I, the, the, the head of the Miami tournament, I, I read a quote for him yesterday. He's, he's trying to get Djokovic in, and he said, uh, there doesn't seem to be any imminent danger. Imminent danger of a man playing tennis, of a man who's had it twice standing al alone, a sport where you're alone, in the middle of a stadium outside, in a country where everyone's already had it. No imminent danger. This country is stuck on stupid. It just is. <laughs> Can you give us a summary of your educational background or your healthcare education experience? Mr. Walsh, you recognized my experience in healthcare? Your educational background. I'm just curious. You, 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 you yeah. testified as to a lot of your own research. So I'm curious for what purpose you do that and what background you have to qualify you to speak to that. Well, my Mr. background Walsh. that qualifies me to speak to this is that I'm a human being with a brain and common sense and I have a soul. And so, therefore, I think it's a really bad idea to chemically castrate children. That is my experience. Um, also, I, I did, now it's true, I didn't, I didn't go to college, but I did go to school long enough to learn how to read so I can read the data for myself, and that's exactly what I've done. Uh, Representative Clemens, you're right. And for what purpose do you um, conduct your research and use this brain of yours? Mr. Walsh, you're recognized. I use it for the purpose of trying to protect children from being castrated and mutilated. That's one of the things I try to do. Here, so here's a first that was in the news. Have you been following the story about the Mexican drug cartel that kidnapped four Americans and killed two of them? Well, they, today, the cartel, this is a real first, issued an apology letter. <laughs> wow, I guess they want to be the cartel that cares. Now, when they dump, when you, when they dump, it's the little things, when they dump your body now, uh, they put it in one of those tinfoil swans, you know? <laughs> and now, now the State Department is warning all Americans not to travel to areas with violent gangs roaming the streets. And the people in Chicago said, but we live here. Joe Biden, who was president of the United States. <laughs> That's an excellent answer. And uh, the question was, what is the job of the vice president? <laughs> and your answer is part of the job, I'm guessing. As for the job of the vice president, even the VP supporters point out the Constitution outlines only two roles for vice presidents, take over if the president is unable and preside over the Senate. Job A has been so far unnecessary. And in job B, she's been the Senate tiebreaker 26 times. Beyond that, her resume is paper thin. She is the border czar, but as we learned yesterday, the border is unsecure here uncontrolled and desperately needs a wall. Finally, in the VP's defense, it's very difficult for her to excel at a job that she cannot define. Police are here? Yeah, what's, going on, sir? How are you? what's going on? For Michael? Michael? Yeah. yeah. Is there a Michael here? Yeah. 
The homeless guy? I don't know, we just here for a welfare check and see who's up there. That's so crazy. Why do these people, can we grab Michael? Michael? Yeah. Okay. Who's uh, running this? Uh, I am. You're running this? Uh, yeah, it's my house. Okay. We got someone off the street who needs to get sober. This is my sober living. And people are calling the police on me. They just wanted yeah. to check the He's order. No, I know, but like, I don't know why. Like, I'm trying to help people. And the internet somehow doesn't like that. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Come on out here, bro. Tell them what we're doing for you. Oh, I'm in treatment, treatment which is what I need to like lit like not yeah, die he just had probably the best meal he's had in yeah life. i'm perfect i'm happy you're getting help yeah. and you're getting the help you need okay and yeah. we just want to make sure you're good you sound good yep so <laughs> thanks guys afternoon this is Lou Benninger and you're listening to No Hostages Radio episode 208 to appear on March 25 2023 welcome thank you for listening today you can reach me uh, at 530-713-1838 that's a cell phone on the left coast if you want to call and talk to me live or you could text me there any time of the night or day 530-713-1838 or you can email me at Lou, L-O-U, at nohostagesradio.com. That nohostagesradio.com is a website where our past episodes are stashed, as well as some articles that I've written. So uh, let's see. I think that's that's all we do. We also do, in, in case you're interested ever, uh, we do a, uh, this show pops up on Saturday morning, by the way, but we also do a live show on KMYC uh, 1410 AM out here in Northern California. Uh, you can listen to that live, <clears throat> uh, on your apps by going to the website of nohostagesradio.com and just click on, uh, KMYC, uh, the live show. And you can listen from uh, 10 AM our time out here on the left coast to 1 PM every Saturday. We cover some similar topics, uh, same topics, and then other topics on the other show. Uh, so it just, you know, just wanted to mention it in case you ever wanted to dip into it. So I wanted to begin today by, um, I just got a, uh, I get these news blasts from, uh, it's called insider news from SaveCalifornia.com campaign for children and families. That's Randy Thomason. And I want to encourage you, particularly if you're a California resident to support SaveCalifornia.com. You can just go to that website, just as it sounds, all one word, SaveCalifornia.com, and make a donation. Randy Thomason and SaveCalifornia.com for decades now has been the leading uh, advocate exposing tyranny, reporting truth, and championing your uh, family values. Uh, and he... Uh, no, fl- no fuss, no muss. He just he just nails it on and on, on, week in, week out, week in, week out. Occasionally when I'm overseas and I need somebody or like somebody to do the show, 
Randy's been willing to drive up here <clears throat> into Yuba County and take the show for me. But even if he never did that, uh, uh, he is quality. And I really encourage you to support their organization, even if you send him $10 a month. Uh, he's uh, worth a lot more than that. But if everybody pitches in some, it will help him cover all the expenses for his staff and the electronics, technology, and, of course, his salary for his family. So uh, I wanted to mention uh, the topic. Uh, it says uh, here, Placer County case dismissed against Uppercut Social Club Barbers. And uh, at the top of the email, it says, Freedom to Work update. Barbers have won. The barbers have won. Shocking. Uh, against the thugs, the communist thugs of Sacramento. So he says, Placer County case dismissed against these barbers. And so this past week on March 23, Thursday at 1 o'clock, we were all going to join down there in Placer County, specifically in the Roseville-Rockland area. And we were going to uh, protest out in front of the courthouse as they were dragging uh, Randy Mitchell, the owner of Uppercut. Now they call it Social Club because they're now a... Uh, private membership association to get out from under the regulations and all the, the licensing and the uh, tyranny of the California state government. And uh, Randy had, of course, I've mentioned this many times before, had been under the, um, the Nazi stormtrooper assaults because he was considered non-essential uh, and was then uh, tried, tried to arrest him. And then they tried to fine him and, um, and the uh, the consumer affairs people have harassed him so much at all of his shops that uh, it actually had an effect on the he had a, a barber shop which is still operating in the Rockland Roseville area but there was an adjoining uh, beauty salon where he was going to hire mostly ladies and I think they're going to sell that because uh, they just the ladies were totally harassed and freaked out by consumer cops consumer advocate consumer affairs cops and so but anyway the case is dismissed uh the district attorney over there decided that uh that's not a kind of case that they want to prosecute so they dropped the case uh that they were handling on in behalf of the state of california or gavin newsom specifically who had an axe to grind with uh anybody who uh withstood his decrees so uh, Randy says uh, that it's reported that Newsom and company are seething about the law, the loss or the setback and are reportedly looking for other ways to prosecute the barbers. Now, I want you to really think about that. That's what's going on in the state of California. We have government. They're thugs. They no longer consider themselves a uh, servant of the people, but they consider us our serv their servants. And so if they say to... Uh, jump then we're supposed to say how high and uh so in this case uh for instance the the truth is leaking out day by day uh be, since the covid con showing that this was a scam it was a it was it was a multifaceted scam to break the back of the middle class to shut down small business turn over the business to big the big box stores to achieve compliance like communist style compliance and keep keeping your kids home 
can't go outside, got to wear a mask, got to do this, stand six feet apart, jump, jump, do jumping jacks every 15 minutes, wash your hands every 15 minutes, just a total, absolute, mentally ill nonsense. And so it's had a huge inf- uh, negative effect. Of course, all the politicians came out unscathed. They got all their tuna sandwich money. They got their salaries. They got their gas paid. They got everything. They got their bonuses. They got all their stuff. And it was the small guys like Randy Thompson and all his barbers and salon workers that got ripped off. And thousands and tens of hundreds, probably hundreds of thousands of people in California have suffered immensely. But uh, Newsom didn't suffer. I mean, he still went to the French Laundry uh, five-star restaurant over there in Napa, didn't wear a mask, didn't stay six feet apart, didn't do anything that he was telling everybody else he was supposed to do. So now he's been uh, set back, whether it's a complete setback or just a temporary setback. The fact that the state of California and other states force occupations and force tradespeople of any any type to come in and pay them uh, bribe money or or protection money to apply their trade and earn a living for their families is not is not uh, anything that the founding fathers desired for us. We were to be a free people and not controlled by the government. And so uh, Randy Mitchell stepped outside of that when they took his license away. He said, "You can keep the license because they never wanted the license anyway." And I'm just going to keep cutting hair. I don't. It doesn't make me a better light, a better hair cutter, a better barber having that license. So you can keep the license and uh, hope it all works out for you. So that's that, uh, and that's down. Uh, that was a Placer County case. The so Yuba County, Sutter County, or Nor Butte County DAs thought it, it was worthy of prosecution, but. Uh, it it got some legs over there in Placer County until the senior uh, man, the deputy over there, put the kibosh on it. So, uh, all right. So that's it on that one. Uh, let me get over to my other sheet here. And we'll start working our way through. The other thing I wanted to mention also from Randy Thomason is he talked about what is a bad Republican. And... Uh, So he says, even when Republicans are in the minority, they should speak up to sway key Democrat legislators to educate the public. Yet, sadly, that's not the usual, he called it the M.O. or the modus operandi or the way it goes for Republicans. And he puts quotes around Republicans. I do, too. I don't believe they're Republicans. We have James Gallagher that represents us. I have lots of people I know. They just love old James. He is not a Republican. Uh, and he just got the wool pulled everybody, over everybody's eyes. So it says, Randy Thomason says, silent Republican assembly makers. He said, last year, several high-profile anti-family bills, you hear that, anti-family bills, narrowly passed the assembly. That's amazing because it's a strong Democratic majority. He said they they narrowly passed the assembly floor. When zero, not one Republican, spoke to expose him. That means James Gallagher did not stand up, according to Randy, and speak out against it. Now, for a hundred and I don't know how much he makes, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, and 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 then on top of that per diem pay that pays his gas and his food and all this kind of stuff, for that kind of salary, 
he can't get up and and do it attack these bills is disgusting he said this was the case zero republicans spoke to expose the anti high profile anti-family bills this was despite their offices receiving expert talking points about these truly awful awful bills now i know that's true because randy thomason would have provided the expert talking points number two freshman freshman uh Republicans selling out to Sacramento. So we have brand new uh, assembly members and senators coming in. So he says here in 2023 of the eight freshman Republican assembly members, several have already voted against family values. That's why we don't have a Republican party anymore in California voting. Yes. On child mutilation. This is, it's amazing. This is the, this is the ones that, uh, James Gallagher did not stand up against voting yes on child mutilation and eliminating a parent's right to know AB 223 were Republicans, Diane Dixon and Bill Esavli, while Republican Kate Sanchez voted no voting yes to accuse sincerely religious law enforcement candidates of biased conduct. AB 443 were Republicans, Juan Alanis and Tom Lackey co-authoring ACA five to put marriage equality on the ballot was Republican Greg Wallace. Uh, so far half the new Republicans, the rhinos are selling out. How sad that is. You, you put all this energy, hope for the best with a fresh person and you just get garbage, more garbage. So then he said, number three, anti-family then pro-family, then anti-family. On Sunday, March 12th of the California Republican Party Convention, 70% of the delegates voted to fully embrace, permanently charter the LGBTQIA plus agenda log cabin Republicans founded in 1977 to advocate for homosexual teachers. Did you hear what I said? 70% of the delegates to the Republican Party Convention in California. Bill Esavli, I think that's how you say it, or Esavli, of Riverside County, stood and, and spoke in support of honoring and embracing his anti-family group. The following day, March 13th, Esavli held a dis- district news conference to publicize his amended bill. AB 1314 to require public schools to inform parents in writing if a child identifies as transgender. Yet the very next day, Tuesday, the 14th, Esaley voted yes in committee for the Democrats AB 223 to push aside parents by requiring secrecy for minors seeking a legal change of gender identity. So he's against secret transitions at school, but okay with them in court by advocating for the uh, the LBGT etc. agenda at the GOP convention and committee. Asaley has shown his true colors. His legislation to notify parents of their child's transgender identity won't survive a Democrat-run committee, but his vote for secret transitions in court will likely pass the legislature. Republican games like this are sickening, aren't they? Where is James Gallagher? Now, he's always showing up. He had a big St. Patrick's Day fundraiser, made him a lot of money. But where was he 
where he was supposed to be actually doing his job. His, what I see is a job he mostly does is raise money for himself. So that's that. The other thing I wanted to mention is um, this crazy reparations uh, movement in California <clears throat> is moving forward. So the radical woke left-wing bureaucrats have appointed, uh, appointed by Gavin Newsom are now pushing for California to pay $640 billion in taxpayer funds to black residents as reparations for slavery. Now, you have to remember this. California was never, a, it was a free state. There was no slavery in California. You understand what I'm saying? This was not a slave state. No black person in the state of California today was held in slavery. And no black person, when California came into the United States in 1850, there was no black person held as a slave in 1850 in California. No white people in California had slaves to begin with in 1850, nor do they have any today. So how they're going to identify who's going to, why should I, my parents were actually in my uh, forefathers. Most of them were in Germany when this all happened. And they came to the United States around the, the time that the, the state was becoming a state. California became a state. And they came to California from the East Coast. They did not have slaves, never had slaves. They happened to be German people. And so how in the world do people that have never had slaves, their people never had slaves in California. There were never slaves in California. It was not a slave state. How do we pay reparations to black people who were never enslaved in California? This thing is just totally crazy. So Larry Elder writes, as a black American, I am here to tell you that I am 100% against reparations. I'm tired of the woke left trying to make victims out of every single black man, woman, and child and make racist oppressors out of every sing single white man, woman, and child. The LA Times had a headline in March 9, 2023, and it said, How white and affluent drivers are polluting the air breathed by LA's people of color. I want you to think about that for a minute. Now, that's supposedly racist, that white people are driving the same cars black people are driving, but white people and affluent white and affluent drivers, other whites, right, are polluting the air breathed by LA's people of color. They don't happen to this is a straw, what they call a straw man argument. It really makes no sense. Everybody that's living in Los Angeles is whether or not what flavor they are, are all breathing the same air. And the the pollution is coming from all kinds of flavors of cars driven by different flavors of people. This is nonsensical, but it was a headline in the Los Angeles Times. So uh, it says, in truth, the left have become the perpetrators of a brand new racism in today's society. And I've had enough of the media giving them a free pass. So uh, we need to just stand up and call it what it is. And that's B.S., Okay, and uh, what we have is charlatans, black charlatans that are making money off off a race war. So the more they stir the pot, the more they create a job for themselves. That's the uh, 
Al Sharpton people, the Jesse Jackson. You don't hear much about Jesse anymore. I don't know whether he's ailing or what. But there were a handful of those guys that always were making money off every controversy, even if it was a, a fraud feigned controversy. Um, all right, so uh, we'll move on here. We're almost we're approaching the end of our first segment. And uh, let me just give a shout out since we just have a minute left. Let me give a shout out to Little Billy's Excavator and Backhoe Service. They're located in Loma Rica, California. That's in Yuba County. You can reach them at 530-300-6010. 530-300-6010. Reaching means you can dial them up or you can text them. So they can fix uh, your roadways, your ditches, make a pond, dig some footings, whatever you need done. They got the equipment and they will travel around Northern California to service your needs. Also, we got all power services. I was just over there over the weekend, had to have some welding done on my Honda Element. I was in there. They, they made a space for me. I had a problem. I'll talk about it maybe later if we have time today. All power services at 1469 Stewart Road. I get asked all the time, will they fix this? Will they fix that? Will they fix this? When it says all, that's all, all means, all power services. So they'll fix all kinds of mechanical devices, trucks, cars, uh, off-road vehicles, recreational devices. And uh, you can text them or call them at 530-844-0347. They'll even fix your hurt feelings. They can do anything. They're like McIvers over there. So that's all power services. 1469 Stewart Road, just south of Yuba City. Really easy, just off Highway 99. We'll be right back. running and my head is pounding. Uh-oh, looks like the flu bug's got gotcha. you. No. I think it's all that crystal meth I snorted. You're shaking like a chihuahua in a blizzard. Well, I know what you need. More crystal meth? No, Tweaker. You need to come down off that high. You need... Heroin PM. The nighttime sniffling, shaking, tweaking, aching, speed freak fever so you can pass out medicine. Heroin PM, huh? Well, I thought heroin was for movie stars and rock and roll entertainers. <laughs> Nonsense, honey. Everyone's fancy enough for heroin. Isn't heroin addicting? Yes. Wait a minute. This won't make me sluggish for work now, will it? Well, don't ask me. Ask Heroin PM spokesperson, Keith Richards. That just slowed me down. I've been taking Heroin PM for years. Now I still play the trumpet as good as I used to. Wait a minute, aren't you the Rolling Stones guitarist? Guitarist, right. Like I said, honey, dive in. The heroin's fine. <laughs> Gee, thanks, honey. Don't thank me. Thank your new honey. Heroin, yeah. Thank you, heroin, yeah. 
Heroin PM. The nighttime sniffling, shaking, tweaking, aching, crying, moaning, itching, hallucinating, heart racing, blood burning, mind scrambling, speed freak, fever so you can pass out medicine. John Kerry. Now our climate czar cited that very same science in 2009. Watch. You have sea ice, which is melting at a rate that the Arctic Ocean now increasingly is exposed. In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. <laughs> What's hilarious is this is a guy who's never had a job. He's only been in politics. He's never done one useful thing. He's not a scientist. He, he, he's never done research. He's actually not an expert, but because he's way more aggressive than you are, and because he has access to the media, which amplify his claims, he poses as one. Good evening, and thank you for joining us. I'm Trey Gowdy, and it's Sunday night in America. On his first day in office, New York District Attorney Alvin Bragg announced all the crimes he would not prosecute. The person elected as the top law enforcement official had a long list of laws he didn't respect enough to follow. He substituted his politics for the rule of law because that's what so-called progressive prosecutors do. And there was nary a word of dissent on the left. Felonies would be downgraded, serious cases dismissed or pled down, prison terms would rarely be solved. Alvin Bragg was a social engineer masquerading as a prosecutor. To some on the left, showing a photo ID to vote is anti-democratic, but apparently not a prosecutor who ignores the law. And yet, we have finally stumbled upon the one crime worth the full weight of Alvin Bragg's office. Forget about guns and robbery and acts of violence. What really gets his attention is paying someone to be quiet about sex. To be clear, Alvin Bragg will not prosecute people who pay for sex. That's one of the crimes he promised to ignore. To him, you can pay someone for sex in New York and get away with it. But God forbid you pay someone to be quiet about it afterwards. The demise of our country will be in direct proportion to how politicized our justice system remains. Our justice system should be where we go to escape politics, a place where both friend and foe are afforded fairness and due process, where nothing matters except the law and the facts. It takes no character or courage to be fair to your friends. The question is, can you be fair to your opponents? Alvin Bragg decided the law was no match for his politics. He didn't care what the law was when he took office. And when you ignore the law, you give license to others to ignore the facts. And when you ignore the law and the facts, you don't have a justice system. And if you don't have a justice system, you don't have a country. May justice be done though the heavens fall. That used to be the aspiration. Justice above all else. We were once a nation of laws and not merely men and women. Now we're a nation where politics reigns supreme. The end justifies the means. Use the system to reward friends and punish foes if this persists. The greatest experiment in self-governance the world has ever known. Hey, shh. It's okay. It's okay. Take a deep breath. You had a surgery. You've been under anesthesia, but you're okay. We're going we're gonna to get you out of here. What? what? What's going on? 
Well, you had <clears throat> you had an event, and um, we had to operate. But you're you're gonna be okay. Why is my rear end killing me? <laughs> we had to perform an emergency intracranial rectal removal, and the worst part is this has been happening a lot. This is the second time you've been in the hospital because your head has been up your ass. I need to ask you something. Are you a Democrat? Yeah, of course I am. Yeah, okay, okay. That I was, was in the union about 20 years ago. Okay, okay. Just... Oh, slow down, slow down, slow down. We don't want that head to go back up there. All right? This happens a lot with liberals. Your beliefs and the way you vote affects the way your head relates with your butthole. And it'll just go right up there and it'll block reality. But we gotta be loyal and no matter oh, what Whoa, 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 so shush, shush. It'll happen right as I'm sitting here. It's not pleasant to watch. So I want you to take a look at this. Mm. That is the Constitution. Oh. Now look at it, read it, and that's gonna affect the way you see the world. Welcome aboard. I'm also gonna write you a prescription for a couple of old Ronald Reagan speeches. So uh, brought to you by Allen's Auto Body. Uh, they are Tea Garden and Sutter Street. When you come down Sutter Street between the 5th and 10th Street Bridge, you're going to notice a building on the corner of Tea Garden and Sutter that has a big horizontal yellow, canary yellow stripe around it. That's Allen's Auto Body. They will fix all your, make your car happy after it's been in a fight. They'll fix all the needs on that car inside or out. And they could, they are great painters. So if you have something that needs a slick paint job on it. They can do that as well. So that's uh, Kevin and Kerry Clark run that Allen's auto body. You can reach them just a landline at five, three, zero six, seven, one, one, zero, five, seven. Okay. All right. So, um, the COVID con continues. I I'm continuing. I just was texting with a person who's was telling me about a guy that I know that was a, a nurse at the hospital, took the jab, caused cancer, killed him. And uh, so that's just on and on and on it goes. We were, I don't have any, uh, I didn't make a list of young people that have died uh, this week, but I've read about it and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. So uh, I wanted to mention this, says we had a, remarkable update this past thursday with pfizer whistleblower melissa mcatee melissa mcatee uh worked for pfizer and began to complain about the trouble inside their manufacturing of the mrna uh, jab so it says here melissa's insider knowledge was eye-opening and revealed the extent of the corruption within not just pfizer but the entire covid 19 mrna vaccine project a few quotes basically we're getting chinese she says basically we're getting chinese made products and putting it in the pfizer vials and slapping a pfizer label on it next quote sometimes they notice that if somebody received a batch that started with an e those had high, high adverse reactions and deaths. 
So I want to just add to what she said is that we talked, I think it was last week or the week before, about the fact that the conservative states, the states that they call more like a red state, were getting higher dosed, um, higher strength doses, and they had a lot more deaths and adverse reactions, right? So I'm sitting here in California, which is not a red state, and they said California had very few super bad reactions, according to some statistics right now. So it says, uh, there's pressing need for more whistleblowers to come forward and shed light on the corruption, danger, and malpractice prevalent in the institutions that drove COVID policies from lockdowns to mandates to the vaccines. Whistleblowers are often the only ones with the insider knowledge required to expose the harmful practices that dismantled the entire country. However, Blowing said whistle is not easy, and it takes immense courage. There is an urgent need for more attorneys to step up and represent these whistleblowers. These attorneys play a crucial crucial role in protecting the rights and interests of whistleblowers, ensuring that they are not subjected to retaliation. So uh, there is a COVID, I don't know what just happened, there was a COVID litigation conference on Saturday and Sunday in Atlanta. So they were um, getting together all kinds of lawyers, Atlanta area lawyers, particularly those who specialize in personal injury, attended the COVID litigation conference, um, or I don't know it's coming up or it just happened. Anyway, I wanted to talk about it because there are injury attorneys now focusing on COVID to sue the uh, different entities that uh, afflicted or inflicted these um, mandates on on uh, vulnerable citizens. Uh, oh yeah, it's March twenty five and twenty six. That's just this as this comes out. It's, it's coming out this weekend. As you hear this, it's going to be happening in in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, let me just uh, go down here. There's they have lots of speakers. And so they're gearing up to begin suing people like hospitals and counties and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they said that Dr. Pierre Corey, if you want to, if you hear, see anything with Dr. Pierre K O R Y Corey delivered powerful testimony in Wisconsin against mandating the mini meningococcal vaccine for students, which resulted in, uh, in a six to four win against mandating this vaccine across the state of Wisconsin. The Japanese government, these are just things, the developments, the Japanese government in parliament was urged to tell the truth about the huge number of vaccine injuries and excess deaths there. And then a Croatian member of the European parliament, a guy named Mislav Kolakusic, has had scathing words for the European Union's COVID-19 vaccine program, said, we're burning them because... No one wants them. In other words, they, they want to burn the vaccines. Uh, I've heard seen that guy speak. He's he's uh, he's uh, he's a take no enemies type guy. Take no hostages type type of guy. And um, let's see. I'm just trying to see where I am here. Oh, I wanted to mention. Uh, oh, I'll have to do that after the break because I I got to get get some information out of the other room to talk about it. Uh, it's an article. I've got some Epoch Times in the other room that I wanted to 
explain some things that they were showing. <clears throat> you remember this uh, gal named Governor Hochul? H-O-C-H-U-L. I thought she was going to get beat in her last election, and she didn't. And I I don't trust any of the elections, but uh, the fact is she was she's back in there. She took over for Cuomo, who resigned, and then she won this election. So Governor Hocho, Holchel, a lady, um, she uh, developed quarantine camps, and people have been suing her uh, over it. So here's a regulation. I don't want to get down in the weeds, but this can happen in California or your state. She's a, this, this person writes, for anyone unfamiliar with this regulation, it allowed the Department of Health to pick and choose which New, York, New Yorkers they could lock up or lock down with no proof that you were ever even exposed to, let alone actually sick with a communicable disease. They could have locked you down in your home or they could have removed you from your home and forced you to quarantine in a facility of their choosing. There was no time restriction, so you could have been quarantined for however long they required, days, weeks, months. There was no age restriction, so they could have done this to you, to your child, to your grandchild. In true fashion of totalitarian regimes, they could have told you that you could, what you could and could not do while in the quarantine. They literally could have controlled your every move. The regulation allowed them to use law enforcement to enforce their orders of isolation or quarantine, which means you could have received a knock at the door from your local police or sheriff telling you that you had to go with them by order of the health department. Now, as an aside to this article from New York, that's exactly what Dr. Lou with the Yuba Sutter County's health department uh, was trying to do with the, uh, I don't know whether she ever succeeded with the Yuba County deputies, but she certainly su succeeded with the Sutter County deputies in going to houses and serving the, uh, the adult uh, dweller of that house, house, uh, what do they call it? Uh, I don't know what they call it, leader of the house, you know. Uh, so they served a friend of mine. And so she went down and confronted the sheriff. Now, that's what they're talking about here is sending sheriffs door to door, door to door to influence uh, people to follow their directives as opposed to being free. I know that uh, Sheriff Anderson in, in Yuba County was not going for that at all. And I think Sheriff Barnes in Sutter County, when he learned that the health officer was uh, comment, uh, commandeering their deputies to go door to door to tell people they couldn't leave their home. Uh, when he learned that, he said, we're not going to do that for you. Said, furthermore, the regulation had no procedure by which you could be released from the quarantine. No way for you to try to negotiate your way out of the quarantine. And it was not COVID-19 specific. There was a laundry list of communicable diseases that could have triggered the nightmare loss of freedom such as Lyme's disease, toxic shock syndrome, COVID-19, and so many others. So pretty interesting stuff said we first. Uh, they've been battling this out in court, uh, but the uh, Governor Hochul's attorney general keeps appealing it on up, and it's working its way towards the Supreme Court of New York. Um uh, 
So, and it's interesting that Hochul has timed her appeals to avoid her election so it wouldn't turn people off. So it says, we first filed our, our case in April 2022, and after months of fighting the Attorney General in New York, Supreme Court Judge Ronald Plotz rendered his decision in July t- 2022. And in days, the, the Attorney General's office filed a notice of appeal, which then gave them six months to file their... Anyway, they went back and forth and back and forth, and but they put everything on pause until the election could happen. These people are so dishonest, folks. It just is disgusting, and they don't see a problem in this at all. So then, our our activist from California, Northern California, is Kevin Kiley. We have a, we have other uh, congressional representatives from up here, like Doug LaMalfa, uh, who is a wallflower. He never shows up and throws down against these people. The same way that that uh, James Gallagher finds time to do other things with his life then go down there and fight the fight. So Kylie said it's a model of failure. He said it was a rough week for Mr. Newsom. The legislature rejected his gas tax. Two courts ruled against AB5. That was the gig law, right? Telling you you couldn't do a side job anymore without working for someone else. And he canceled his state of the state speech. Can you imagine that? That just blows my mind. That's, that's almost bigger than an earthquake. He canceled his state of the state speech for lack of accomplishments. That's amazing. So this, the, Kylie says AB5 is the reason I started calling Newsom's America mo- the most corrupt governor. Calling Newsom America's most corrupt governor, even before his COVID self-coronation. Now he's uh, handpicked Labor Secretary Julie Sue, who is a communist and is, is under her watch. Forty billion dollars were missing from uh, the Employment Development Department's wages when you run out of work. It went to criminals and it went to people serving time in any any of the uh jails and prisons they could apply for it and get money sent to them from the uh uh for not working never before they got that now sue is being uh, touted for biden's cabinet and leave california because his labor secretary uh resigned and uh so kevin kiley to his credit is standing up and throwing down against the Biden administration and against Julie Sue. Uh, the other thing that's going on, shocking data or things that are happening, is that 20,000 cubic feet of water is pouring out out of uh, Folsom Dam. And that's right up in, in the district of Kevin Kiley. And he said it's just going out into the ocean because we don't have anywhere to store it after Decades of not building any dams, but doubling in population since the 1970s. He said, this is why I'm, you know, it's amazing. Kylie actually gets something done. He said, because of what I just said there about cubic feet of water just passing everybody by, not being used by farms and just going out in the ocean because there's no plan for it. This is why I'm co-sponsoring California Water Act. I'll soon be announcing new accountability measures to give Californians the water storage they've always paid for and put in and then 
and not gotten. But he says, I'm hoping to put an end to the absurdity of simultaneous drought floods. I've said this before. We could have water running over our levees, and they would still say we're in a drought because they say we don't have enough money to take, we don't have enough water to take care of the cities. It just, it, it's absolutely, if you think they're just making an intellectual boo-boo, you, you've totally missed the point. This is an organized takeover of every bit of our freedom from owning property to owning your car to going wherever you want without permission. It's total control lockdown management of the United States of America. So so Kylie is is fighting whatever bills that are coming his way. And he calls it the, dealing with the simultaneous drought floods. Uh, meanwhile, this is a union problem. Just like when we talk about CalPERS or CalSTRS, the unemployment or the uh, pension programs for the teachers and the pension, pension programs for other county workers. Excuse me. Um, so we need more water storage and we keep voting for more money or bonds to be floated for water storage, water resources, and they always put up bike trails and crazy stuff. It just because they don't, what they don't want, they will, they will make it not happen at the Sacramento government. That's how they are. They're very elite and uh, non-dependent on, on the voters. And we just keep sending the same old people back, back, back. So the unions are behind the and running the CalPERS and CalSTRS. They have huge influence down there, basically manages those two entities. And uh, so it says here, meanwhile, unions are going to strike again in Los Angeles Unified School District, meaning that 420,000 students will be out again after they were out for over year year to two years uh, the la county schools or la unified school districts are considered uh some of the most screwed up schools in the state they need help so uh we'll just see who's gonna who's gonna come forward to help them down there so i've been enjoying uh, working with the, these various people like Kylie and the rest of them, Kylie and Randy Thomason, know they're they're all sharp people, and they're actually getting something done instead of like a politician coming up and whining. And you've been Sutter County, how dare you come and whine about the condition of our country when you're standing down there and you're one of a handful of people in the state that can make a difference, and you won't stand up against anti-family bills disgusting for me okay uh, before we go on we just got a couple of minutes left so let me just hit a couple of these folks that uh help us stay on the air and that is uh dr cassidy dr joe cassidy used to be the health officer at yuba county for many many years almost three decades, he and I are working together to get addicts off the street. So almost every day, he or I get calls or appointments where people want help. They they don't want to die. They want to help, and, and they 
they don't know who to turn to because the government is doing a horrible job of dealing with them uh, because it's e actually easier to go to university than it is to go over to the health department and get help, which they claim they offer. So Dr. Cassidy works at Peachtree Health, and what we'd like you to do if you're an addict and if you've got an uh, insurance card, just go to Peachtree Health or call them. I'm going to give you their number. 530-749-3242. That's the same number as being used for all of their outlets. So if you can get through on 749-3242, it's a landline. Then tell them you want to you want to meet up with Dr. Cassidy. If they ask you why, just tell them addiction and then your name, and you're good to go. So if for some reason they don't get back to you, uh Or if you get an auto attendant and they don't get back to you, if they make an appointment, then you're good to go, right? And normally they will call you to remind you. So the idea here is to get your addict rear end into seeing Dr. Cassidy and to have a checkup and make sure there aren't other issues going on. And then he could put you on a medication to help you go through withdrawals or whatever. So I'm going to give you his phone number, Dr. Cassidy's. If you can't get through, you could dial him up and text him at five uh three zero seven one sorry five three zero six eight two eight six four eight six eight two eight six four eight text him once don't text him in the middle of the night text him during the day no calling please if you're anxious about all that and you need somebody to talk to that would be me so i'm giving you my number again five three zero seven one three one eight three eight seven one three one eight three eight you can call me Text me 24 hours a day, any day of the week. Makes no difference to me. We'll, we'll get you some help. All right, we'll be right back. And now a special address from the President of the United States on global warming. Hello, America. It's me, your, your president, your commander in chief of the world. And I'm here at my, my ranch here in Crawford, Texas, just, just taking a little R&R, &R, you know, relaxing, growing out my soul patch, playing a little Frisbee golf with Condi Rice and Dick Cheney, having a good time, but, but still keeping my eye on the ball. And there's an issue that has come to my attention, the issue of the so-called global warmings that are happening on our, our planet. For centuries, the rays of the sun have warmed the surface of our Earth's crust. And uh, apparently those rays are, are intensifying in such a way that uh, it's increasing lava flows. And... Uh, Cut. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Global warming is an issue that my administration is, is very concerned about, deeply. Deeply in a deep, kind of concerned way. It's, uh, I don't, I start my day and I think about the warming of the globe and how we can get it warmer. Cut. 
Rest assured that the issue of global warming is something that my administration takes very seriously. The Not right now, Condi. We'll play later. I'm sure by now you've all heard what liberal scientists are trying to say. It seems that uh, that liberals and and godless tax raisers are are trying to make me look bad by using such things as facts and scientific data. Cut. What? Mr. President, you can't say they're using facts. Right. Because facts are real. They're not disputed. How do you know that? What kind of book is this? Chief. Why do you tell me it was a pop-up book? Those things scare the crap out of me. I don't think that's the kind of science book we're looking for. We're talking about global. Yeah, well, what kind of science book would you suggest? There's, there's a lot of books. There. One filled with facts, maybe? Yes. Yeah. I bet you'd like that. When you think back to biblical times, when Adam and Eve talked to that snake 6,000 years ago, when the world was created, it was hot back then, too. Why do you think Adam and Eve were naked? See what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. You know, you didn't, you didn't hear Adam and Eve running around talking about emission standards or hybrid cars. In fact, Adam and Eve drove an excursion. Cut. Let's talk about something that's, that really matters, like keeping steroids out of T-ball. I think the polar ice caps suck. Who cares about having a place where a bunch of penguins can have an orgy? Cut. Global warming, don't worry about it. We've we got a beat on this thing. We're going to, you know, we just need to get nature to cooperate with us. We don't need to listen to nature. Nature needs to listen to us. Cut. Mr. President, you asked, asked me to tell you when the Rangers game's on. It's oh, on right now. What inning is it? Better not be past third inning. We now return to your regularly scheduled program. Why are they going after Trump for something that he allegedly did like six or seven years ago? I'll tell you why. Because they have to have indicted in front of his name. That's the mainstream media. That's Democrats. That's the left. They have to label everybody. It wouldn't sound good if it was just former President Trump going into 2024. Indicted former President Trump. It's all talking points. It's all messaging. It's all optics. Same with the midterm elections in 2022. Remember, it was election denier, so-and-so, so-and-so. Election denier, so-and-so, so-and-so. And then everybody's like, oh my gosh, they're an election denier. What does that even mean? Are you denying that elections take place? It does, that, that term doesn't even make sense to me. And yet it became some negative thing that everybody's like, oh my gosh, they're an election denier. Ha, they're such a bad person. No, nobody's denying elections, okay? But they label it. That's what they do. They label people. Uh, same with during the pandemic. Remember, it was... Uh, if you didn't want to take one particular vaccine, suddenly you're an anti-vaxxer. But that was what they did, right? And whether true or not doesn't matter. It's all about labeling. It's all about messaging. And they have to have indicted now. So here we go.
back, segment three, uh, brought to you by North Valley Paralegal. I just got contacted this morning. One of the listeners said, hey, what's the name of that place? I need to talk to somebody with some legal knowledge. So I was on the phone actually earlier with North Valley Paralegal. The owner, Yanelli, or we call her Nelly sometimes. I like Yanelli Garcia. And uh, she was telling me stories, and I was telling her stories. And she's at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard in Yuba City. At Suite 202A, she moved over there a couple months ago. And, uh, again, North Valley Paralegal, if you've never heard of Civic Center Boulevard, that's the street that the Sutter County Sheriff's Office is on. She's right across the street. It comes off of Highway 20, runs between Highway 20 and Butte House Road. Courthouse is over in that general vicinity, government buildings of here, there, and everywhere. So, uh, again, the number 530-751-9289, She will get your legal work done faster, cost you less, and she is nicer than the average attorney. Plus, the good thing is she's an honest woman. It's hard to find among attorneys. So, uh, but she'll do you right. Okay. All right. So let's get back down and, uh, oh, I forgot to grab that paper. So I'll have to just plow through here for a minute. Oh, I want to, let's see. Okay. We'll get back down here to Pfizer. We were talking about Pfizer. And Hochul. Oh, I wanted to talk about that. So check this out. Um, so they can hold you in these camps. Just They can just take over your life and hold you. And uh, there were no age restrictions. They can take you, take your child, take your grandchild. In true fashion of a totalitarian regime, they could hold, they have told you, what they'll tell you what you can and cannot do in the quarantine. They literally could have controlled your every move. This is what they put into practice in New York state, getting ready to put create COVID camps. The regulation allowed them to use law enforcement. Remember I told you about that. So I don't want to repeat myself. Sorry. I'm just kind of catching up and uh, overlapping a little bit. It had no procedure where you could get out of there. And it was not COVID specific. In other words, if they come up with another ailment fraud, like they did before, and, um, I said there was a laundry list of communicable diseases. I mentioned that to you on the back. So uh, they they got a win, and they rejected Hochul's wishes, and now it's been appealed, I believe, to the Supreme Court of New York. Okay. Uh, so I'll leave that. And but that's what's going on, and that's the kind of totalitarian. You see, we're not being taken over. By Russia or China, like in a victory over a big uh, military win, we're simply having liberals that are in key positions create communism through the swamp. Okay, all right. So uh, anyway, I was—I think I was getting down here and talking about—I was getting ready to talk about Kevin Kiley. Talked about a rough week for Newsom. He said the legislature rejected his gas tax, right? And uh, and then I mentioned that, that uh, 
Kylie had uh, is throwing down out in in uh, the East Coast about California water. He says, I'm co-sponsoring the California Water Act. And I'll soon be announcing new accountability measures to give Californians the water storage they've all paid for and put an end to the absurdity of simultaneous drought floods. Now, I've always said when people say, hey, how can we still be having a drought when we have like 12, 14, 15, 20 feet of snow across the Sierras and our dams are loaded? The reason is it's a politically created drought. So. California, if there was no development, no infrastructure, and it was wilded, rewilded like the environmentalists want, in the winter, you would have wild rivers running with lots of water and snowmelt with no dams, and it would rapidly go right out to the ocean and be gone. And once those snowmelts are done, then the rivers drop down to little streams. You could nearly just walk across them. There would be so little water, and it'd be, it would be uh, feast or famine water-wise. And then when you get to the, the summer when it would be blistering hot in Northern California, there wouldn't be any extra water to farm because the water had been allowed to escape to the ocean. It's kind of like... You make huge amounts of money for a few years because you have a wonderful job and you just don't manage your money, but you just let it go out the door for various things and you don't plan or you don't manage. So then when you're laid off or you have a job that say pays about 20 or 30% less, then you're really in trouble. So that's the, been the policy uh, position of Democrats for decades. And so it's sad because Pat Brown, a Democrat, the father of Jerry Brown, was the mastermind of a couple things. One, the amazing freeway system that used to be the talk of the United States back in the 70s. And the, the amazing water system that hadn't been finished being built in the 70s, but they stopped it because of environmentalism. And so now what we have since the 70s is the population has doubled. But we decided through a judge, the judge decided that we're going to send nearly all the water out to the ocean to take care of some small fish. So the rest of the water, the farmers get the bigger percentage of it between the farmers and the urban area. But they keep telling the urban area, oh, you have to get rid of your lawn. You have to get rid of this. You can't do this. You can't do that. The truth is that the, the amount of water used by urban dwellers in cities and towns is minuscule compared to what the farmers are using and the environments love to, they want to shut down the farmers. So they, the environmentalists lie and they say that the farmers are the one using the lion's share of the water. No, they aren't. The ones using the lion's share of the water are the bureaucrats sending the water out to the ocean. It's a it's a massive waste. So um, so I was at the bottom. Kylie's kind of wrapping a lot of different issues together. He said, meanwhile, the unions at Le Los Angeles Unified are going to shut down their schools down there and strike for more money and, and probably more time off 
and there, that'll mean 420,000 students in, in LA, LA Unified out of work. Uh, <clears throat> said this dysfunctional district is a huge liability for our whole state. I'm officially calling it to be broken up. Now, Kylie knows quite a bit about this because he was assistant chairman of the education district when he was the uh, assembly person or assembly member in his district that was centered around the Rockland area. Okay, so he knows what he's talking about. Uh, okay, so I'm going to I'm going to move on down. I want to talk about something. Let me go down here and get all the way to the bottom and talk about something that just happened to me. And I don't often like to just talk about stuff that happens to me, but it kind of fits in here. And there's a picture at the top of this article. The title is a theft became the last straw for a couple leaving San Francisco for good. And there's a picture of U-Haul, just like the one we have in Yuba City, of their plant, a big uh, rental plant, big building. They have the same logo everywhere they go. And it says U-Haul Salesman of the Year 2021. And there's a big old picture of Gavin Newsom with U-Haul behind him. The reason they say that is that Newsom's policy, Newsolini's policies, have forced a lot of people to just say, you know, we're not going to put up with this. Or they could say a lot of things. We're not going to pay these taxes. We're not going to put up with this. We're not going to go to, we can't afford private school, but we're not going to have our kids in this public school system. There's just a ton of, there's a list of I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna's, right? So um, starts off here, it says there were more than 150,000, 150,000, 150,000 catalytic converter thefts in 2022, a 2% increase in the previous year. The number one model targeted was in the U.S. was Toyota Prius, and there's a reason for that. <clears throat> Uh, they're they're much more expensive, the catalytic converters, and they have much more uh, recyclable minerals in it. Said so a catalytic converter can be sold for anywhere from twenty five hundred. That's one that's cut off your car. I mean, sorry, twenty five dollars to three hundred dollars for an average vehicle, according to Carfax, and it actually goes up to fourteen hundred dollars just for the part on any hybrid vehicle, right? So catalytic converters, and I've had friends to drive to visit San Francisco, and when they came, they parked their car, and when they came out, they had no catalytic converters. Somebody had gone under there. You can take an electric sawzall and just saw it right off in, in a matter of a minute if you know what you're doing. Catalytic converters, says in hybrids, tend to have more precious metals than the standard vehicle like that uses gasoline which is why hybrids are some of the most targeted vehicles for catalytic converter thefts, the most targeted vehicle for those thefts in California uh, is the Toyota Prius. Now, the reason I brought this up, um, well, let me just go on here. It says, yesterday, the San Francisco Chronicle, Heather Knight wrote a story about a couple who became a victim of this particular crime, Allison Gherkin. And Amanda Argyle met at work and were married in 2019. Uh, those are two ladies. Gurkham graduated from UC Davis, just down the road from us here, and got a job at a vet. But the couple traveled to Florida for their three-year residency, for her three-year residency. At the, 
And the whole while they were thinking about while they were there, they just couldn't wait to come back to San Francisco. They loved San Francisco, and they preferred San Francisco to Florida. Now, this is years ago when this happened. And a story began uh, November 7th, a month after Gherkin, a veterinarian with the San Francisco SBCA. They moved back this, just a month, few months ago, and she started working for the SBCA and, and pot finally paid off. And she finally paid off her 2013 Prius. And they were celebrating. But when they came out to their car, parked at Rhode Island and 22nd Streets near Potrero Hill in San Francisco, uh, they moved. They were coming out and getting their car, move it for street cleaning. She noticed a piece of metal with wires coming out of it on the ground. And when she turned on the vehicle, it sounded like a jet engine. That's what they sound like. They sound wild. I don't know. I would call it maybe a train or something. Anyway, they stole her catalytic converter. Uh, so here's what happened. This is how crazy our, our government has become. She wasn't sure about driving the car and ran back to her house to file a police report. In other words, she didn't know maybe if she drove the car, it would damage the car. So she had to file a police report online. That's the way you got to do it in San Francisco now. When she returned to the car, she had a ticket on the car. No matter, no matter, she figured it would be waived when she explained what happened. In other words, she, was a, she thought her car was disabled by the theft. But no, they didn't drop the ticket because she failed to provide a full copy of the police report. She could have fought the $87 ticket, but she decided to pay it. So she loses her catalytic converter. She runs home. When she gets back, she files a police report because you can't just call in anymore. She has a ticket on her window. In other words, a cop came to her, didn't know that the catalytic converter had been cut off. So anyway, I'll tell you a short story. Last Sunday, I was at uh, a restaurant here in town, very uh, right in the center of town, lots of parking, lots of activity parked my Honda Element. When I came out, I turned on the key just like she did. And blah, 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 blah. And I thought, I, I knew right away what was wrong. I looked under the car, and amazingly, the thing was 95% cut off, but they didn't get it quite off. And either they got spooked or they ran into a problem cutting it off because the way they did it. And uh, But it was my catalytic converter, and it was Will Fanning at All Power Services. It's a Sunday afternoon. I called Will. He was out at his shop. He said, hey, Lou, just drive it over and I'll weld it back together, which he did. Now, if you have a catalytic converter and they don't get it completely off and it's hanging there, don't panic. Go find somebody that welds up mufflers and they can just simply weld the thing back on and you're good to go. Now, uh, meanwhile, it says there are so many Priuses missing catalytic converters in the Bay Area that there's a six-month wait to get parts and repairs. So I ran right over, and in one hour, Will Fanning had me back on the road because I I had the converter. It was The back end was cut off of it, <clears throat> but the front up towards the motor was just hanging by a thread, as they say. So if you got a Prius, now again, remember that we said, oh, you got it. You should you should buy these hybrid cars, right? Or you should buy an electric car. The wait was six months for parts and repairs. This is a woman who only has this car. The cost of replacement would have been several thousand dollars even then. You see what I'm saying? That the cost of my 
converter would have been $900, but I still had to convert her. I just needed to weld it back together. Gherkin added herself to the dealership's long list of people waiting for new catalytic converters. Meanwhile, what do you what do you do with a car you can't drive? She tried leaving it on the street and just moving it up and down the street during sweep days, but slowly the noisy car died, and she wound up with a number of additional tickets. In other words, pretty soon the 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 battery died probably, and they finally added more more tickets on. Okay. Uh, and because she, she had nowhere to, in the city, there's nowhere to store your car. It's on the curb. If there's any place there at all, and they have to, you have to move it off the curb so the street sweepers can come through and, and pick up the poop. Okay. So a few weeks ago she gave up and she just sold the car because she owed so much on it on tickets. She sold the car for significantly less than it was worth prior to the theft. It was the last straw, but not the only straw. Gherkin said, we couldn't wait to return to San Francisco from Florida after my residency. But coming back, it was this abrupt, holy S-H-I-T. This is bad here now. We kind of forgot what it was like when we were away. The streets seemed dirtier. And open-air drug dealing seems more, more prevalent with cops just walking by, driving by. They see bodies sprawled on the street and wonder if they should stop to make sure the person's still living. Usually, Gherkin said she keeps walking, but she feels awful about it. The couple just came to the conclusion, we're done. We are toast. And they're leaving San Francisco for good, but still not sure where they'll go next. It'll be somewhere where living is more affordable with fewer major problems, which, if you think about it, could happen anywhere nowadays. So uh, it's a bum. It's a big bummer. This catalytic converter thing, and they've been passing legislation to make the punishments higher and to try to keep the places from buying these because you can. They're worth from twenty five dollars to three hundred dollars, as I mentioned earlier. But the fact is that the value of the um, minerals in them when they recycle them is fantastic. And uh, so we're going to be with this for a while. But I'll tell you, I'm thankful that my I have a garage to park my car in because I think I'd have lost that because it's easy to get under my car and cut that off. It sits up high off the ground. And uh, so anyway, enough said about that. What, what we're seeing then is San, San Francisco – Losing people left and right, as someone said. All right. Um, so uh, how about Thrifty Rooter? If you need some plumbing done, if you have slow plumbing, it's slow or blocking up, backing up a bit, thriftyrooter.net, thriftyrooter, 530-673-8201. That's a landline, 530-673-8201. Thrifty Rooter and, and uh, Yuba Sutter Butte. Nevada over in counties over in Lincoln that's in Placer County they will take care of you Thrifty Rooter at 530-673-8201 they also pump tanks out septic tanks they do septic tank maintenance repairs all that kind of stuff so give them a shout you can text them off their website by looking at it they list all the things they do there on their website and then you can shoot them a note off the website if you want to talk to somebody you can dial the number I mentioned 530-673-8201 
and they will hook you up and get you taken care of and resolved the same day uh, that you let them know help, right? So, uh, okay, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a break. We are halfway through the show, and then we're going to we're going to be back on it here in a minute. to impose his left-leaning activist views on companies and investors of how they have to choose their investments, not based upon the return of the investment, not based mm -hmm. upon the best place to put your money. And that is only going to harm. People are going to have to work longer, have less money. Uh, and then when you look at his budget, he wants to tax any money you have, <laughs> even when you haven't seen the return yet. You here for an abortion, too? Yeah, I discovered a few days ago I wasn't bleeding out my coup, so I guess I'm knocked up. Mrs. Garrison? Oh, that's me. Hello, doctor. It looks like I need an abortion. An abortion? Yeah, I've got one growing inside me. Now, you're going to scramble its brains or just vacuum it out? Mr. Garrison. Mrs. Garrison. Mrs. Garrison, you can't have an abortion. Don't you tell me what I can and can't do with my body. A woman has a right to choose. No, I mean you're physically unable to have an abortion because you can't get pregnant. But I missed my period. You can't have periods either. You had a sex change, Mr. Garrison, but you don't have ovaries or a womb. You don't produce eggs. You mean I'll never know what it feels like to have a baby growing inside me and then scramble its brains and vacuum it out? That's right. But I paid $5,000 to be a woman. This would mean I'm not really a woman. I'm just a guy with a mutilated penis. No, no, now that Lunchables, a prepackaged lunch consisting of six Ritz crackers, three pieces of salami, and a block of cheese will be added to school lunch programs. We must double down on cutting costs and just serve the kids dog food. <laughs> If you're going to say f you to kids, you might as well do it right. <laughs> Don't hide behind rich crackers and mystery meat and pretend like you care about them or their health. Get a can of Alpo, dump it on the tray, and tell them it's the breakfast of champions. Her mood changes. She's like, Your bag is two pounds over. You're gonna have to take two pounds out of your bag. I'm taking out a boot, a sock, toothpaste. Is this two pounds? Does anybody know what two pounds is? They're gonna charge me an extra $8,000. You think the boot's a half a pound? I'm like, I go, where do you want me to put this? She's like, put that in your carry-on. I said, it's still going on the plane. What does it matter? If it's on top or underneath, the guy behind me is 500 pounds. That doesn't matter? My sock 
is going to take the plane into the Pacific. But you prepared for this type of wait? Excuse me, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Hi. Excuse me. Yeah? Yeah. I need you to take your seat. The fasten seatbelt sign is on. Yeah, I'm just going to go to the bathroom for a second. I'll be right back, okay? Yeah, I understand what you want to do. Unfortunately, I'm going to need you to observe the fasten seatbelt sign. That'd be much appreciated. Right, it's just I, I read on the internet that it's not against the law for me to go to the bathroom while the fastened seatbelt sign is on, so. Seatbelt sign is on. But is it against the law, though? The light is on. Is it against the law? You see that there's a picture of a seatbelt on that sign. No, but is it against the law, though? The fastened seatbelt sign is on. But is it against Sir? the law, though? Seatbelt sign is but on. But is it against the law? Seatbelt sign is on. But is it against the law? Seatbelt sign. But is it against the law? It's on. Seatbelt sign is on. Seatbelt sign is on. Seatbelt sign is on. So you're law. being difficult. You're being law. very difficult. Law. 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 Not illegal. Not illegal. Not illegal. Okay. Legal. Illegal. Keep everything in the farm Upset in every way. The dogs begin to bark. begin All right, we're up to segment four, and uh, let me give a nod to uh, Greenest Construction. Dave Green has been doing some weak work over here. I've had some structural problems, plumbing problems over here. We had to open the the uh, wall up and the ceiling, and Dave Greenish has been over here. His, his workers have been over here doing a great job, and uh, so if you need particularly they do all kinds of remodeling but if you have a kitchen or bath that's their sweet spot and you can see before and after pictures of the kind of work they do quality of work they do and creativity by going to greenitzconstruction.com or dave greenitz construction facebook page greenitz is spelled green with etz on the end greenitzconstruction.com you can go to either of those platforms and then you could check them out if you want to communicate with him you can either send him a message off those platforms or you can uh you can dial him up or text him at 530-682-9602 682-9602 so give him a shout and uh have your bathrooms all slicked up and you will be a happy happy camper bathroom kitchen they it's amazing what they do i i you know i can't do it justice with words here it's better if you just check the photos out if you hook up to his facebook page at dave Greenitz construction you like it or befriend him or whatever those uh, his new uh newest creations will pop right up on your facebook page so it's pretty cool actually and uh so i encourage you to check it out um all right, I'm just kind of glancing here on how much time I have. I'm in my fourth segment of six, and I want to uh, get down here and pick out the ones I really don't want to skip. Um, so, okay. I've talked about this before, but I want to talk about it again because Kamala Harris and the Democrats keep saying things that are absolutely lies. And nonsense. So she made a comment here recently that uh, 
there's a mental health crisis because of climate change. Now, the whole, in other words, in particularly among children, and I guess there's been an uptick in the amount of children being brought in for mental health services. Now, when you tell kids that, like I, I uh, went through my family, and even though we went through a lot of challenges in the family, crises and uh, tragedies, my parents handled stuff at an adult level, and they took that, kept that separate from how they handle it with the kids, and it kept the trauma low amongst the, the extended family. But Kamala Harris and people, including this uh, Greta Thunberg or whatever her name is, have gone on to say the world is ending in six years, 10 years, 12 years. Everything's going to die. The, the water's going to be polluted, this, that, and the other thing. No wonder students uh, who are being convinced of this lie, like they're being convinced they came from a monkey, uh, students are freaking out. And um, she's making what we call hyperbolic, catastrophic assertions. And uh, a lot of times people just listen to them and it causes a reaction and they don't really do any critical thinking because our school system is broken down and they don't teach critical thinking anymore. So what we basically told this generation coming up is that their whole generation is damned. They're not going to, if you're going to be gone in five years, six years, 10 years, then it doesn't really, you don't really need to get a career and you may just want to make enough money and enjoy yourself five or 10 years. Maybe you don't want to have any kids because you're not going to be able to fully raise them. Once these crazy assertions are made to get political points and to, and to get more money, uh, the damage is done. So uh, so it says here, I'll just start off with hers, and I'm going to get into all these. Uh, so recently, Greta Thunberg, or Thunberg, who was, spoke before the United Nations, you know that gal, she was just a middle schooler or maybe a freshman in high school. She said in 2018 that I think in five or six years, the world was going to come to an end, right? Well, uh, when it didn't, she went back and deleted her tweet. Now, that's being dishonest, right? Because what she prophesied did not come to pass. So when you tell people that, uh, people that are sincere people trying to plan have a complete meltdown. So the Democrats have only themselves to blame because Republicans are not saying this said many prominent individuals have essentially made predicting climate related catastrophes, a full-time job. This is the same thing that the black black charlatans have done. They keep uh, race wars going. They fest, they, uh, they they start up race conflict first by verbal, and then they stir it up with people like Black Lives Matters or Antifa or whatever. And the, because if there's tension and controversy, then they make their money there. And I can say the same thing for our wars around the world, uh, because it, my friends were in Vietnam, and I talked to a lady that was a Vietnam surgery nurse. And she said, Lou, I was invited because I was young, blonde, pretty girl back then. And she said I was invited to a big party in Saigon uh, 
while I was serving over there. So I decided to go. And there were all these military industrial complex guys and gals there. And so when the guy was talking to her and knew that she was a nurse, uh, the guy commented to her how nice, uh, how happy he was with the war effort that they were making a lot of money. And so she invited him. She said, well, okay, well, maybe uh, since you like war so much, why don't you come down and see where I work? And he wouldn't come to the surgery center because many of those guys were still alive, but their limbs were all blown off or their face was blown off. And so when he said he was happy about the war because they were making a huge profit, uh, she uh, wanted to kill the guy. So that's what's going on here. There's all these scams, and people are making a lot of money on the scams. You remember the evolution scam with uh, Charles Darwin? He said he thought that we evolved from monkeys, but he says if if we can't find the fossil uh, connection between different kinds of creations, then my theory is baloney. Well, his theory is baloney because they never did find a connection, but science has continued to promote this cock and bull story of evolution. Now we're doing more stories about climate, global warming, and they're all lies. It isn't like 50% are or 75% are, 100% lies. And we're feeding people all this garbage that they have to then dis- dismiss coming down the road. So Al, Gil- Al Gore... The former vice president under Clinton made $300 million since he turned himself into a climate activist. And remember, he said he made or he did make the film The Inconvenient Truth. Well, all all that was true about that is was inconvenient. It wasn't true at all. It was a lie. He warned of boiling oceans. And I want you to think of a child hearing this boiling oceans and rain bombs and racked up huge financial windfalls in the process. While making money from alarmist predictions is nothing new, the sincerity with which people like Gore are treated in the media has caused immense danger. So instead of maintaining a healthy skepticism on maintaining a record of false predictions, the media unequivocally buys into the entire narrative and just pushes it. So... uh, at one point, Gore, in fact, John Kerry just was, uh, I, maybe this, I don't know, was this show or we did it last show. John Kerry was saying that in five years, this, the global ice cap was going to uh, be melting. And that he wasn't the first one to say that. Uh, he said it in 2016, Gore. He said, that the North Pole ice cap would be entirely gone by 2016. Now, if you've you've looked online, <clears throat> it's still robust. <clears throat> they just they just made that up. He also claimed that there would be a billion, not a million, a billion climate refugees within a century, and made unsubstantial statements that greenhouse gases are causing atmospheric rivers. Now, the very term atmospheric rivers is a fraud. All they did is come up with a new slick term, just a euphemism for rainstorm. 
Remember, we just said, oh, we're going to have a storm come. A storm's coming in. No, no, no. Everything has got to be over-exaggerated and blown out of proportion nowadays. So now we have to come up with atmospheric rivers. It's crazy. What is it? It's rain. It's water that's in the atmosphere. That's all it is. Nothing different. But if they put a different title on it, then it sounds like it's catastrophic. An atmospheric river. Doesn't that sound bigger than just rain? Yeah, it does. Atmospheric rivers, they say, are frequently observed phenomenon that have frequently hit states like California in the winter. In other words, now we no longer have a rainstorm. It's an atmospheric river, and it's over the top greater than any rainstorm in any other part of the world. And that's just simply not true. So none of these realities held Gore back from being a liar. This guy has always put his mouth where his money was. He said in 2006 at global sea levels, think of this now, have you ever been down to the ocean? And you know how the, uh, the tides come in and, and come up where you were you know, hanging out the day before. Maybe you were taking a snooze, but now the, the water came right up and it's right over where you were taking a snooze on the beach. That's just the tides, right? Controlled by the moon. Remember we learned that? Gore says in 2006 that global sea levels would rise 20 feet. Now that's kind of like a change in the tide, right? In the near future. At its current rate of increase, it would take over 1,100 years to reach that level. In other words, they're saying that the, the, the water, if you want to say that the ocean levels are rising at all, it would take 1,100 years of living on the earth more to get it up to 12, 20 feet in the near future. There's no consequences for lying. There just isn't. And no consequences for causing fear among young people. Uh, the media has just played along with everything, played along with global something, global warming, global cooling, whatever, whatever. And they played along with COVID and they played along with so many other things uh, because it, they want to kind of... Uh, exaggerate about the imminent end of the world and they want to connect it to that humans are bringing the world to an end by their misbehavior with the environment it's totally a lie we've never been so sensitive to the environment it's china and india that are a lot less sensitive and it doesn't matter whether we have zero emissions in this country we're never going to change anything because we're only six percent of the world's population and that's even going smaller so we are in a position of a constant barrage of propaganda inaccurate propaganda and that's what's going on here now i've mentioned this before i think i've written some articles years ago about it and it's 50 years of failed doomsday eco-apocalyptic predictions. There's zero. The experts are zero from for 50 of the ones I'm going to read to you. It came out of an article, wrong again, 50 years of eco-apocalyptic predictions. 
Modern doomsdayers, they say, have been predicting climate environmental disaster since the 1960s. They continue to do just that. None of these apocalyptic predictions with due dates as of today have come to pass. What follows is a collection of notably wild predictions from, the no- from notable people in government and science. It's just not people that smoke and crack out there that are doing this. More than merely spotlighting the failed predictions, this collection shows that the makers of failed apocalyptic predictions often are individuals holding respected positions in government and science. While such predictions have been and continue to be enthusiastically reported by a media eager for sensational headlines, the failures are typical, typically not even revisited. This has been going on for 50 years, people. And when are we going to get a clue and just say, I'm not buying it. You're liars and you don't know what you're talking about. So I'm going to give you a, a smattering of crazy things that were said. And uh, so in 1967, <clears throat> uh, and I won't go through a whole story on each one of these. There's not enough time. But in 1967, there were predictions that a dire famine would come to pass by 1975 and millions and millions and millions of people would die from lack of food. Never happened. In fact, none of these that I read happened. In 1969, they said everyone will disappear. This isn't a rapture. This is science, they said. Everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989. In other words, they gave him 20 years on that one. Never happened. In 1970, they also said there would be an ice age by 2000. There's plenty of ice, but we're not in an ice age. In 1970, Americans, America would be, would be subject to water rationing by 1974 and food rationing by 1980. Now, there's a lot of overinflated people in the United States that could use some food rationing. But no matter what the what your concerns are of American society that did not happen on either of those counts in 1974 or 1980. Again, in 1971, the prediction was there was a new ice age on the way by 2020, or they gave him an extra 10 years, 2030. Then in 1972, these are just 12 months apart. A new ice age they said was definitely going to come by 2070. Number 74 I'm sorry, 1974, space satellites show new ice age coming fast. 1974, another ice age, question mark. 1974, ozone depletion, a great peril to life. Number 10, 1976, scientific consensus, planet is cooling, famines are imminent. 1980, you remember this, acid rain? Acid rain kills life, kills a person in the lakes region. 1978, back to 1978, no end in sight to 30-year cooling trend. They're pretty serious about this cooling thing. 1980, acid rain, oh, I, I did that one. 1988, regional droughts that, that never happened before in the 1990s. I don't think that happened either. In fact, they say none of these happened. 1988, same year, temperatures in D.C. will hit record highs. They didn't. 1988, Maldives Islands will be underwater by 2018. 
They they aren't. 1989, rising sea levels will obliterate nations if nothing is done by the year 2000. Nothing was done really by 2000. And uh, life just goes on. 1989, New York City's West Side Highway will be underwater by 2019. Never happened. Children won't know what snow is. I don't know why they wouldn't. 2002 famine. In other words, I guess they're saying children won't know what snow is because they've never seen it. I guess things were so warm and drought ridden. 2002 famine in 10 years if we don't give up eating fish, meat, and dairy. Sounds like somebody's got a little axe to grind. 2004 Britain will be Siberia. In 2024. 2008, Arctic will be free of ice. 2018. Ten years from that, 2008, they said Arctic will be free of ice. All these people are predicting that the ice cap was going to melt. Gal, Al Gore in 2008, <clears throat> Gore predicts ice-free Arctic by 2013. 2009 climate genius Prince Charles says we have 96 months to save the world and then it's over. All right. We need to take a break here and we'll come right back. getting word of this now regarding the covid vaccine the cdc is now saying that there has been enough cases of people who have had the vaccine received the vaccine and then suffered a stroke can somebody arrest that chick from fox what a completely irresponsible thing to say clearly the covid 19 safe and effect booster shots they ain't causing any issues by the way, just kind of ignore that Lance Riddick died at the age of 60 the other day, and that meteorologist chick just keeled over. She joins us live in the studio. Alyssa, this really is the calm before the storm. Not again, <laughs> no! And then also turn a blind eye to this other lady at this news station, Keelan O. Dennis Garrido se desmayó cuando trabajaba para el programa Lo Sé Todo, que se emite por el canal. These are all completely, completely climate change. I should be prosecuted. Here's my plan to dismantle the deep state and reclaim our democracy from Washington corruption once and for all, and corruption it is. First, I will immediately reissue my 2020 executive order restoring the president's authority to remove rogue bureaucrats, and I will wield that power very aggressively. Second, we will clean out all of the corrupt actors in our national security and intelligence apparatus, and there are plenty of them. The departments and agencies that have been weaponized will be completely overhauled so that faceless bureaucrats will never again be able to target and persecute conservatives, Christians, 
or the left's political enemies, which they're doing now at a level that nobody can believe even possible. Third, we will totally reform FISA courts, which are so corrupt that the judges seemingly do not care when they are lied to in warrant applications. So many judges have seen so many applications that they know were wrong, or at least they must have known. They do nothing about it. They're lied to. Fourth, to expose the hoaxes and abuses of power that have been tearing our country apart. We will establish a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to declassify and publish all documents on deep state spying, censorship, and corruption. And there are plenty of them. Fifth, we will launch a major crackdown on government leakers who collude with the fake news to deliberately weave false narratives and to subvert our government and our democracy. When possible, we will press criminal charges. Sixth, we will make every Inspector General's office independent and physically separated from the departments they oversee so they do not become the protectors of the deep state. Seventh, I will ask Congress to establish an independent auditing system to continually monitor our intelligence agencies to ensure they are not spying on our citizens or running disinformation campaigns against the American people or that they are not spying on someone's campaign like they spied on my campaign. Eighth, we will continue the effort launched by the Trump administration to move parts of the sprawling federal bureaucracy to new locations outside the Washington swamp. Just as I moved the Bureau of Land Management to Colorado, as many as 100,000 government positions could be moved out and I mean immediately, of Washington to places filled with patriots who love America. And they really do love America. Ninth, I will work to ban federal bureaucrats from taking jobs at the companies they deal with and that they regulate. So they deal with these companies and they regulate these companies and then they want to take jobs from these companies. Doesn't work that way. Such a public display cannot go on. And it's taking place all the time, like with Big Pharma. Finally, I will push a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on members of Congress. This is how I will shatter the deep state and restore government that is controlled by the people and for the people. Thank you very much. myself getting tired sitting here so i was talking about <clears throat> up to 50 different predictions all of which they didn't cherry pick them there just aren't any predictions that have been made by the left environmental fraud group that have come to pass but no one i wouldn't say no one but few have kept track and hold their feet to the fire it's kind of like when a person lies to you and you never really go back and said, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought you said, said this. So check this out. In 1988, they said there'd be regional droughts in the 1990s. None of them ever happened. 
1988, temperatures in D.C. will be hit record highs. Never happened. 1988, Mal- Maldive I- Islands <clears throat> will be underwater by 2018. They're still uh, sitting up above water. 1989, rising sea levels will obliterate nations if nothing is done by 2000. No nations obliterated. 1989, New York's West Side Highway would be totally underwater by 2019. It's not. 2000, they predicted that children in the future will never, will not know what snow is. That means that it would quit snowing because of global warming. And kids would never know what the, 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 the product was. 2002, they predicted a famine in 10 years if we don't give up eating fish, meat, and dairy. Seems like somebody had an agenda there, maybe a vegan, right? 2004, Britain will, be sub- will turn into Siberia by 2024. 2008, there was also a uh, prediction Arctic will be ice-free by 2018. 2008, climate genius Al Gore predicts ice-free Arctic by 2013. 2009, climate genius Prince Charles says we have 96 months to save the entire world. 2009, UK uh, Prime Minister says 50 days, 50 days to save the planet from catastrophe. 2009, climate genius Al Gore moves 2013 prediction of ice-free Arctic to 2014. He thought, oh, I just need 12 more months and it'll be done. 2013, they predicted Arctic ice-free by 2015. They kept moving the date back, 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 back. That's the same thing Greta Thunberg did. 2014, only 500 days before climate chaos. 1968. Overpopulation will spread worldwide, and that and that was this is predicted in the popular book called the Population Bomb, and it said that it was too late to even do anything about it. We're going to have mass loss of life and life and mass famine. Nineteen seventy, the world will use up all its natural resources. That's a prediction coming out of. Um, Oh, what's her name? Paul and Anne. It's called the population bomb. They've been heralded as geniuses and nothing they've ever said have come to pass. 1968, that was the uh, overpopulation. 1970, world will use up all the natural resources. 1966, oil. This this whole oil thing, it, there's so many agendas caught up in the oil thing. They just keep saying, well, we don't want to keep exploring for oil because there is no more down there, but they keep finding some. So that to keep changing the dates. So, so, uh, Paul and Ann, I can't remember their last name, population bomb. They predicted that the, the natural resources of the world would be gone. 1966, oil will be gone in 10 years. 1972, the oil will be depleted in 20 years. In 1977, Department of Energy said oil will peak in the 1990s. In other words, it'll peak and start to wean away. 1980, they said peak oil in 2000. 1996, they said peak oil in 2020. In 2002, they said peak oil in 2010. In other words, it's going to be peak, 
They'll never get to that amount of harvesting oil or drilling, drilling out oil, extracting oil, and it will start to go down, down, down. That's not true. The only thing hindering us, the oil take out of the earth, is politics. It has nothing to do with the amount of oil. In 2006, there was a prediction of super hurricanes. That never happened. That was after Katrina. In 2005, Manhattan was predicted to be underwater by 2015. Remember the rising tides? 1970, urban citizens will require gas masks by 1985. In other words, they said that urban people living in urban areas, the smog will be so bad that they'll have to all wear gas gas masks. Not particle masks, not N95s, gas masks by 1985. Never happened. No one holds these people accountable for this. 1970, nitrogen buildup will make all line land unsuitable. 1970, decaying popul- pollution, decaying pollution will kill all the fish. That means all the fish in the whole world. 1970s, we're going to remember the killer bee. They made movies on this. Killer bees are coming. Remember here, that's the killer bees are coming from South Africa or South America. The killer bees are coming. And you're wondering how many miles per hour are they coming? Then you can figure out what time they're going to arrive in Marysville or Yuba City or wherever your town is. We just got a few more here. But listen, I'm trying to hammer this home. I'm not I don't need to fill time today. I never do. I'm trying to tell you that you're, we have been living under a fraud and charlatans, and they keep saying stuff, and it's tr- untrue. They don't have any basis to say it. 1975, they said the cooling world and a drastic decline in food production. They didn't give a date on that. 1969, worldwide plague is going to happen. Overwhelming pollution, ecological catastrophe, virtual collapse of the UK by the end of the 20th century. That's the end of the 1900s, folks. It was 1969. They said in th- by 31 more years, this will happen. 1972, pending depletion and shortages of gold, tin, oil, natural gas, copper, aluminum. That's the same. Uh, Ehrlich, Paul and Ann Ehrlich. They wrote the population bomb. All these early 19, the late 60s, early 70s, those are Paul and Ann Ehrlich predictions. Every single Ehrlich prediction, that guy's still living in his 90s, and they still herald him as a brilliant man. Honestly, it's just unbelievable, people. 1970, oceans will be dead in a decade. That that would be, they'd be dead. The oceans will have no life in them in 10 more years. It sounds like a... Uh, the gal that's from New York, the bartender, uh, her prediction, 12 years is going to be over. Ocean's dead in a decade, U.S. water rationing by 1974 and food rationing by 1980. These are Ehrlich, Paul and Ann Ehrlich predictions, population bomb. 1988, world's leading climate expert predicts lower Manhattan will be underwater by 2018. Listen, people, none of that has happened. 2005, 50 million climate refugees by the year 2020. We, 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 we have them because of war, maybe, <clears throat> but not because of climate. But they blame everything on climate, just like everybody blamed every death on COVID for a while. 2000, snowfalls are now a thing of the past. Remember I said that kids won't know what snow is? 
Well, I'll tell you what, it's 2023, and I think we have world record snowfalls on the Sierra Nevada. 1989, the UN, the United Nations, warns the entire nations will wipe be wiped off the face of the earth by 2000 by global warming. This is incredible. They gave themselves 11 years. 2011, Washington Post predicted cherry blossoms would bloom in the wintertime, that the season would be all flip-flopped. It's just a total it's just a total lie. Several years ago, uh, there was a high school football coach and he had a practice high school uh, uh, I'll find it the local. His name's Joe Kennedy, Joseph Kennedy. And he after the game, he used to go out to the 50 yard line after the football game and he would just kneel and pray there. Now now, the way it is in America right now, if you kneel for BLM or against American military or against American police officers, then you're righteous. But if you go out and pray to God by yourself in the middle of the field, then that's violating other people's religious rights or, or rights to not do religion. So he was um, then. So what he had, he had a habit of doing that. So a few of the players started doing it with him they would go out voluntarily and go down and pray with him then they started praying some in the locker rooms it wasn't like everybody had to do it they just decided to pray in the locker rooms before the game or after the game the school fired him and um, he filed a lawsuit that that was unlawful firing and they've been working through the courts for many years, I think it's six or seven years, they've been working through the courts. This is 2015. He was put on administrative leave. It's now 2023. We're eight years. And this thing has worked its all the way up to the Supreme Court of the United States, not the Supreme Court of his state. Supreme Court ruled six to three in favor of the coach last summer, ruling that his right to pray with student athletes on the field was protected by the Constitution. Neil Gorsuch wrote the opinion. He said Kennedy's prayers were private and it did not amount to school districts endorsement of Christianity. He said respect for religious expressions is indispensable to life in a free and diverse republic. Whether those expressions take, a pl take place in a sanctuary or on a field, whether they manifest through the spoken word or the bowed head, here, a government entity sought to punish an individual for engaging in a brief, quiet, personal religious observance, doubly protected by the First American and First, first Exercise, sorry, doubly protected by the Free Exercise and Free Speech Clauses of the First Amendment. On Thursday, the Bremerton Board of, this is in Washington State, Bremerton School District, voted unanimously to approve a $1 million $775,000 settlement payment to Ken Kennedy and uh, who will return as an assistant football coach for the high school for the 2023 season. And he received a stipend of, he'll get a $5,304 uh, payment for the season as well. Um, 
so this is what re- really ticks me. So Joe Kennedy says this. He said, it's just incredible to know that I did nothing wrong. Everything I did was just right, said Joe of the verdict. This is what's really disgusting and why you need to pull your kids out of school. The Bremerton School District Board President, Allison Rotter, said they were eager to move past the distraction. She She says what they did had now become a distraction. Really? That's all that she saw in it. Didn't learn a lesson. She said, we look forward to moving past this distraction of this nearly eight-year illegal battle so that our school community can focus on what really matters most. Let me tell you, honey, what really matters most. What really matters most is what the kids learned in that fight for freedom of the First Amendment. They learned more in that than they learned in your school there, Mrs. Rotter or Rotten. I'm going to call her Addison Rotten. She said, we need to get back to folks, focus on what matters most. What matters most, folks? What matters most? Providing our children the best education possible. That's a lousy education when you take away persons' constitutional rights. I was, I was asked to do a uh, <clears throat> chapel for the EPIC, E-P-E-C, school out at... Uh, located on the Church of Glad Tidings campus at Highway 99 and Eager Road in Sutter County. And I had never done that before. I had never done it for any secular school, and I would never done it for a private Christian school. So I was well briefed. We were going to do it for the K-5ers, through and then we were going to do it for the 6-12ers, through and one after another. And the cool thing was they started it off in both sessions with worship music, all by youth from the school all playing uh, in a band. So they led in worship music, and then the kids took communion, and I spoke. And uh, it was amazing because you could really feel the Spirit of God there. The kids were, uh, were engaged. It was a great, a great morning. And I thought the amount that these kids are learning in that environment is amazing compared to kids that just go in and sit down at a desk and learn their ABCs and their math and all that kind of stuff. They are learning so much in the presence of the Holy Spirit, studying the Word, listening to people speak, uh, teaching on the spirituality that we are spiritual beings, etc. So this gal, obviously, so she's a board president, and she, she refers to it as simply a, just a distraction, where they took $1.7 million dollars, of taxpayers' money and gave it to Mr. Kennedy. I'm glad he got it, by the way, and got and got his job back. He deserved it. They made a mistake. They blew it, and now they just call it a distraction. How how minimizing is that? How disrespectful to Mr. Kennedy and disrespectful to the Constitution and all the parents. Mr. Kennedy had started coaching at the school in 2008. Began praying alone, as I mentioned earlier. Everything he did was without any incident. There wasn't one complaint, one incident until 2015 when someone complained to the district that some student athletes felt pressured to join in the prayers. The district asked Kennedy to stop out of fear that the district could be sued for violating students' religious freedom rights. See, you're free to not do religion, but you're not really free to do religion. 
He agreed to stop the locker room prayers, but would not stop praying at the middle of the field after the games. That's what kicked him off the team. When the contract was up, they would not renew the contract, citing his refusal to follow district policy, Satanist secular district policy. Listen, people. Oh, yeah, we're just going to. How disrespectful and elitist and arrogant this woman is, Allison Rotter, to say we just want to get past it. Really? You don't want to, like, bite the bullet and say we made a mistake? I'm fascinated that government never apologizes. I saw some instances where um, Clinton apologized. I'm talking a long time ago now. Apologized for the Tuskegee experiments on, on black men, injected them with syphilis. There were a couple different incidences where um, the government has intentionally, they did radiation experiments on people. He apologized for them, paid reparations, right? And yet today we can't find anybody willing to apologize like locally for COVID and killing people. I just found out the person I knew, her husband, as I mentioned earlier, her husband died. He took the COVID jab because employment insisted on it. He took the COVID jab and, and soon after got cancer, very rapid cancer, and he's dead. You know, liberal people, they, they proud, prided themselves on being liberals, just obeying, blindly obeying the government totalitarianism. Well, so the guy died. Just something to think about. Uh, let's see. I want to go back up here. We're going to have one more segment to go here in a minute. But I wanted to uh, mention uh, the plumbing doctor. Uh, they've been helping me recently on some problems I got over here. But the plumbing doctor is uh, Yuba Sutter Plumbers. You can reach them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 530-671-9111-671-9111. They can do all kinds of projects. They can hydrojet your line. They can use a snake down your line. They got cameras that'll go down the line. They can do your sewage line, your water line, all the lines. They can put your they can put I had them put in these low flow toilets to conserve water in the city of Marysville. Put all new toilets in, cut down my costs there. They can do all those kind of things. They can put in new sinks for you, reroute plumbing for you. They can do a variety of things uh, other than just clean out lines. So um, you can give them a call again at 530-671-9111, and that is uh, a landline, okay? So we'll be right back. educate you about the single biggest threat to our planet. You see, there is something out there which threatens our very existence and may be the end to the human race as we know it. I'm talking, of course, about Man Bear Pig. 
High school dropout. I should be back in school. Greta Van Doomsburg wants you to know. A top climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. Oh wait, you're having difficulty finding that tweet in her timeline. Well, I can explain that for you. The reason why it's not in her timeline anymore is because that tweet is from June 21st, 2018. Ruh-roh. Looks like the only thing on fire is this climate grift. How dare you! Hey, hey, hey! I'm being indicted by Fat Alvin. Fat Alvin Bragg. What a disgrace. He's a big, fat disgrace. What a terrible person. And they would call it a circus. I would call it a circus, but everybody's talking about it. The circus has been canceled because Fat Alvin Bragg has to use the tent as a suit jacket these days. That's what people are saying. Everybody's talking about it. You know, they say you can indict a ham sandwich, but Fat Alvin Bragg, Rosie O'Donnell, and Joy Behar ate all of the ham sandwiches. Now there's nothing left. Fat Alvin Bragg, soft on crime, tough on Twinkies, believe me. Founded by David Rockefeller, the Trilateral Commission has been an arm of the globalist deep state since 1973. Last week at their annual meeting, a speaker who cannot be identified according to commission rules said that we are now in a period of structural inflation that will last for decades. They said that the free market is over and industry now sets policy. And they said that this year, 2023, is year one of this new global order. Days later, the Federal Reserve Bank announces a July launch for their new FedNow service, which was first announced in October of 2021. The too-big-to-fail banks and all the large processors are already on board, and so is the U.S. Treasury. The first week of April, the Federal Reserve begins the FedNow pilot program for early adopters to become certified participants to help the Fed confirm readiness for their July launch. FedNow is an instant payment processing system that seeks to be the base of all digital transactions, acting as an umbrella company to manage all financial payments. This has been shown to be the gateway to a central bank digital currency, CBDC. FedNow is much like the Reserve Bank of India's instant payment system, the Unified Payments Interface, or UPI. UPI has had huge success in converting rural communities into a complete cashless society. According to the International Monetary Fund, UPI democratized the payment system and paved the way for central bank digital currencies. Central bank instant payment processing is also how the Central Bank of Nigeria introduced its CBDC, Enira, which has been, so far, violently rejected. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Welcome back. Governor Gavin Newsom applauded President Joe Biden for acting swiftly to protect our economy. That was in reference to these bank bailouts of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. But according to The Intercept, Cade, Odette, and Plumjack, these are wineries apparently, which are also owned by Gavin Newsom, are listed as clients of SVB on the bank's website. Newsom also didn't mention that SVB gave his wife, Jennifer Siebel, and her charity, the California Partners Project, a $100,000 donation at the request 
of Newsom. Hmm. We're also learning that Silicon Valley Bank gave more than $73 million to the Black Lives Matter movement and other social justice-related causes. That was first reported by The Federalist. The now-defunct bank pledged in the summer of 2020 when the nation was gripped by racial unrest after the death of George Floyd. They promised to, quote, increase their commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace. How'd that work out for them? Let's welcome in now Kimberly Guilfoyle. She's the National Finance Chairman of MAGA, Inc. Great to see you, Kimberly. Oh, great to be with you. All right, so um, Gavin Newsom and his ties to, uh, you, know, you know Gavin Newsom obviously well, and people know your past yes. relation with, with him. It, it doesn't surprise anyone, I think, that he was applauding this and then leaving out the fact that he was a client of the bank, uh, given his history of dining at the French Laundry when everyone else was locked down. This is who Gavin Newsom is. Well, you know, it's interesting, and uh, full disclosure, I am a former owner of Plump Jack Winery, but when you have something like that, you're supposed to disclose it. So it seems very odd to me and really inappropriate that there wasn't a disclosure made to say, hey, listen, I have personal accounts there, my wife has accounts there, and somebody on the board there, when you're actually pressing the White House and Treasury to consider them and make some kind of you know connection there. Obviously, it's improper. And so you just look at that and it's like, is it the rules apply to thee, but not to me? I mean, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Also, as it relates to uh, SVB's activist efforts supporting people based on their, their race and their sex, they spent $2.8 million on a gender parity innovation initiative in a quote unquote diverse emerging talent initiative. The bank's promotion of environmental social governance, ESG policies also included climate activism. And that's all well and good as long as the bank is doing fine. But now that it's not, you really got to question what they were doing and why they not, weren't, weren't more focused on their actual main job, which is making sure there's enough money in the bank. Well, they obviously were more interested in politically weaponizing their bank to their own personal viewpoints and ideology. And it just goes to show you one more time, just like President Trump said, go woke, go broke. And that's what we're seeing happening over and over again, because these people, uh, by the way, owe a fiduciary duty to the people who have the money in their banks. And now they're losing their money. They're closing the bank things of this nature. It's so improper. And it's all based on this whole politicized notion of banks trying to tell you and control your life and what the government should be pushing. And it's way too close for comfort. And when you look at the nexus here, you know, it's disturbing. I mean, this should be investigated. It should be scrutinized to make sure what's going on here. Can you imagine if you have your life savings, your money in a bank like this, and this nonsense is going on, people actually you know, relying for the future, for their children, for education, for mm -hmm. their family. Um, it's to me, it's just it's insane. But this is why I tell people, do your research. Yeah. Do your research and invest your money with places that actually support your beliefs that you can trust, mm -hmm. that you can make sure that you're lined up with someone that has the right uh, background, ideology, view viewpoints. And it's not sitting there taking your money and using it to fund their personal agenda or goals. And that's yeah. what we're seeing with some of these institutions. And it's just, it's totally corrupt. It's improper. They have no place doing that. They're supposed to be focused on retaining your money, keeping your money, growing your investment, instead of just looking at it as a means to an end to further their own political beliefs. Stand up. Stand up for your rights. Get up and stand up. Don't give up the fight. Get up and stand up. Stand up for your rights. All right, we're going to 
land the plane here in a, another 20 minutes. So I want to mention Elite Universal Security. That's they're overwhelmed because we have laws that we won't enforce, or we're letting people out of prison that shouldn't be let out of prison, or we won't people won't put people in jail that are that are running roughshod and damaging our property, stealing our property, and all that kind of stuff. Never before have the police been under so much pressure to do a job with their hands tied. Terrible. And and never has there been lower morale in law enforcement in, in my years on the earth. So never before have private security companies been needed as they are today. The thing, I, I remember being raised here and back in the 50s and 60s, you never even heard about private security. Now it's it's something people need. So whether you have a ranch, you're trying to people keep people from trespassing on your ranch, or you have equipment out there at the farm, uh, people are breaking into your equipment, stealing your fuel, et cetera, et cetera, stealing stuff off your pumps, electrical wire, et cetera. You have a business, you keep getting vandalized. People are sleeping in your doorway messing it all up in the mornings that come in there there's feces all over the place elite universal security can help you with that they're serving all over northern california we're down here in yuba county where their headquarters is but they are operating all the way up to the oregon border all the way across the northern state and so they're looking for workers throughout the north of california so if you can hear my story here you can call them up or you can <clears throat> you can uh, reach out to them on their websites. I'm going to give you their phone number here, 530-749-0280, If you want a full-time or part-time job, you can, you, they'll train you and you can begin and get it on with them. Uh, you can look up their website, EliteUniversalSecurity.com, and find out what they're up to, but... Uh, I talked to them. They said, Lou, we need people in Butte County. We need people up in, in Wairica, right on the Oregon border. We need people all over the place. And so if you want a job, you would, or maybe you retired from some other field, but you think, oh, I think I could do that with a little training, uh, they will put you to work. Elite Universal Security, and uh, you can reach them at 530-749-0280. Okay. Uh, so we are talking about Democrat prediction that the world is coming to an end. You know, it's no different than that we came from an ape that they taught me in, in high school. And then they taught it to me at the Cal State Sacramento. When I went down there, I took an anthropology 101 class, and that's what they taught me there. Same thing, high school. Just a little fancier room. And cost me a little bit more to be told the same thing. Totally, totally ridiculous, embarrassingly ridiculous. And uh, but they just keep pumping that garbage out to kids. And uh, so uh, it's it's just tragic. So I'm just trying to see where we want to. Oh, here's what I want to do. That's what I remember. Let me just pull this paper over here. It has to do with school. So my guy that I've never met, but I like, uh, there's an article that is based on an interview with a guy named uh, Connor Boyack. 
Connor Boyack, and it's in the uh, Epoch Times, and the and the uh, it's a weekly a newspaper, and it's in the edition for March fifteenth to the twenty first. So it's fresh. It's it's a uh, great article. It's written by Barbara Danza, D A N Z A. And uh, so it says, 40 years ago, President Reagan announced the findings of a study on the state of education in America, citing the infamous report called A Nation at Risk. The president declared our education system, once the finest in the world, is in a sorry state of disrepair. This wasn't an accident. This wasn't miscalculation. This wasn't uh, because we were broke. This was because there has been a concerted effort to dumb down our education, to turn this into a compliant, non-questioning, non-critical thinking, communist country. And it was planned from the very beginning once, once people that were socialist in the country wanted to change the country, they thought we're going to change it through our education system. So uh, four years later, four decades later, excuse me, Connor Boyack wrote a book addressing how things are going now. And the name of the book is Mediocrity, 40 Ways Government Schools Are Failing Today's Students. Uh, it's written by Connor Boyack, president of Libertas Institute and creator of children's, the children's book series, which is, by the way, both Wikiman, Santos Vigil, my board guy, and I have bought packets of these books and given it out, given them out to young moms and dads who had kids. And they're great books, small books written at the child's level, explains things like capitalism and uh, just basic uh, philosophical truths on how American, what, what American is made of. So uh, as I mentioned, he created the children's series called The Tuttle Twins, and you can, you can look those up, and you can buy, they have special buys. You can go buy a whole box of books at a really big discount. There's a guy named Corey DeAngelis, Senior Fellow at American Federation of Children and Executive Director of Educational Freedom Institute. They wrote this book, and so they had a question and answer with Boyack. And I found it very fascinating. I read word for word all the way through it. It says a nation. He says uh, the the author says to Boyack. Um, she asked him about she asked him about the article a nation at risk. He said the group that published a nation at risk felt that America's educational system was not adequately preparing young people for a challenging or changing economy and competitive workforce. The report highlighted various studies indicating. Academic underachievement, declining test stores, scores, and low performance compared to many other industrialized nations. Then she asked, are Americans' public school students better off today than they were in 1983? He says, if the educational foundation of our society were in 1983 being eroded by a rising tide of mediocrity, today they are fully submerged. In other words, are way wet off my friend rick teagarden mentioned recently he was former superintendent of yuba county schools for a decade or more i think it was 12 years or so he said that the kids are brighter than ever i do not believe that in a heartbeat i, I would take issue with that respectfully 
So Connor Boyack said, our book, Mediocrity, highlights 40 ways that government schools are failing our kids from pushing propaganda and activist teachers to dumb down curriculum and rising levels of remediating needed. Remediating means they didn't get it in school, so you got to get it in, in college because students are so ill-prepared. They cannot read and write. They can't do math. That is not bigger. That is not brighter. To be able to run a phone or a tablet is not bigger and brighter, better and brighter. We argue in the book, Boyack says, that the general output of educational attainment has decreased substantially. Consider the national, this is like, this is measured. These results are measured. Consider the national assessment of educational process, often called the nation's report card. Check this out, people. Listen to this. Just 26% of 8th graders in 2022 perform math proficiently. They can't perform math. It, they dropped from 33% th- uh, two years before. And reading scores saw their biggest drop in three decades. You think that COVID didn't have an impact? Three decades? The worst in three decades? Falling back to the 1992 levels when the first reading tests were used. Only 33% of fourth graders were reading at a proficient level in 2022, down from 35 in 2019. Eighth graders declined from 34% to 31%. You read that right. Fewer than one-third of eighth graders in America can read proficiently. That's what mediocrity means. The question is, how informed do you think that average parents are about the state of schools Boyack says, as Zoom school emerged during COVID, the video enabled remote instruction as schools were shut down. Many parents suddenly had easy access to review what was being taught to their kids and by whom. One teacher in Philadelphia publicly voiced frustration that, quote, we will never be quite sure who is overhearing the discourse or the discussion between him and his students and wondered, quote, how much have students depended on the somewhat secure barriers of our physical classroom to encourage vulnerability? He goes on to say they don't, they don't want parents watching what they're doing because they're teaching propaganda. Many parents have woke up to the reality that too many teachers consider their closed-door classrooms to be an opportunity to brainwash a captive audience. Listen, people, this is so serious This isn't like, oh, we just have a soft spot teaching in English fourth grade. It's a corrupt system. You need to get your kids out. Boyox asked, why do you wish more American parents understood? What do you wish uh, parents understood about the schools? He says many parents feel that the school system is broken. They believe that the system is malfunctioning, simply needs to be repaired or fixed. I don't believe that, he said. I believe that the problems we see in today's schools are simply the result of how the system was architected or designed by people like Horace Mann. You need to look up Horace Mann, and you need to look up a guy named Thomas Dewey. They are the architects of your current system. These guys were socialists, and they intentionally did what we have. It, they're very successful in pulling this off. Man liked the school system of Prussia, not Russia, Prussia. It featured standardized curriculum, 
testing, compulsory attendance, professionalism of teachers, what? It was an authoritarian, top-down model that emphasized the collective over what the individual needed. Following a trip abroad to see this system in action, man became a strong advocate for its implementation. His lobbying effort was swift and successful, uh, and he put it. He began to put it into practice here in 1852. It's called a factory mode model. Sausage comes out good in a factory mode model, but people don't. We are not all the same sausage length. People like man who shaped how today's schools operate wanted kids to be subordinated to the state. That's communism, people. So that they could be molded more easily. That's what compliance is about. Masks are about six feet apart or about you stay in the house or about. You can be molded more easily. That's communism, people. We shouldn't be training our kids to be subordinated to the state. No, the state serves us. Other early architects were John Dewey. I said, I think I said Thomas Dewey. Dewey. D-E-W-E-Y. He had this as his core focus. For example, Dewey once wrote that the new school system they were creating would build up forces whose natural effect is to undermine the importance and uniqueness of family life. Do you like your family? Do you want to have a family? Do you want your, do you want to be the primary educator, of your kids on moral issues? Dewey says he wants to undermine the important importance and uniqueness of family life. When you send your kids to school, the, the doctrine of the school says you're, you're, you've turned your kids over to the, the school as parents. Dewey says he didn't, he didn't say that with concern, but he said it with praise. In other words, he said it with praise. That would be a success that we would undermine the importance and uniqueness of family life. He wanted the relaxation of older family ties so children could effectively be brainwashed to believe differently from their parents. That's exactly what we have today, people. We want they're creating division between children and parents. They're not telling them, oh, Johnny came to school and wants to be Joni or Joni came to school wanting to be Johnny. So we switched up our clothes at school. Then we switched them up at the end. So we would hold you in the dark about it. We give your kids steroids, but we're not telling you or hormone enhancers or whatever for a sex change. But we're not telling you because uh, it's none of your business. They can get the jab because we said so because we think you're stupid. So we want to give the kids the jab. Boyack says, my chief concern is how poorly we prepare young people for adulthood. Generations of voters have come out of this school system ignorant, apathetic, and supporting a socialism. This is a recipe for social, social disaster, and it's the chief reason for all the toxic garbage we see in our culture today. For too long, we have delegated the education of our children to the system, only to have it pump out mediocrity. We've all laughed at videos of college students or adults who can't answer the most basic question, like, what, what's the 4th of July mean? 
<coughs> or where is New York? Or who was Benjamin Franklin? Or who's the president today? Or who's the vice president? I mean, this is ridiculous. And some people actually admit they're a teacher. He said they can't answer the most basic questions about government or current events or history. It's humorous, but it's also profoundly sad to see how awful the school system people sucks. It's awful. It's terrible. It's evil. It's a crime. It's totally failed at, at putting kids, making kids able to uh, perform at, a, at an adequate level to do life. I was called uh, by a friend of mine that I'd counseled when he was in high school. Now he's a, a fantastic welder. And he asked me to come and talk to his uh, stepkid who was in trouble at Yuba Gardens because he had some marijuana on campus. He was a middle schooler. But what I found out when I met with the kid, I took him out for a taco out in Oliverst and um, talked to him. And I, and he, um, he said he was in the slow class, the medically, not what, what I call it, the uh, special ed class. And I said, oh, what, what's the problem? He said, I can't read. So he's, I don't know the kid was in fifth or sixth grade, something like that, seventh grade maybe. Anyway, so I, I uh, went in and talked to this vice principal, and I said, hey, my, the parent asked me to come and talk to him, meet with his son, da-da-da. And he says, oh, well, you must be here concerned about his having marijuana. And I said, oh, definitely not. I'm not worried about marijuana. I'm not endorsing marijuana. I'll say, I, I didn't tell him that. But I said, I'm not concerned about you finding him with marijuana. And as an aside to that, I would be all for kids being on marijuana if you're not going to teach them to read. Because they're not going to amount to anything anyway. You might as well feel good. Like go smoke weed. So I said, listen, my problem with you, my friend, as a vice principal, is that boy is over here mandated. And you will prosecute him and his parents if he doesn't show up here. And you, in six hours a day, you can't teach the boy to read. That's your problem. That's not his problem. That's your problem. And uh, and I talked to the, the, the school principal later about the same thing. She was very nice, very receptive. And I said, I can bring volunteers in here to teach your kids how to read that aren't reading well. She said, Louis, the union, the teacher's union will forbid that unless we hire one of their people to oversee the volunteers. And we can't afford that. Is that impossible or what? Is that destructive and evil or what? We're talking about systems and protocols ruling over the life of a child who at the 5th, 6th, 7th grade, whatever that boy was, this is like 10 years ago, that kid was made to go to school and play at school and not learn jack. And the vice principal was not worried about that at all. Oh, he was all worried that they found marijuana on campus. Oh, there's drugs on campus. Let's throw the boy out. I wish they would have thrown the boy out. I tried like the Dickens to try to get help out there for that kid. I even tried the Yuba County Office of Education where I had served for many years as a trustee. And I couldn't get anybody to get any traction to help that kid learn English. It was really sad. But we got a screwed up system. Listen, people, if you got kids in the system, you need to get them out 
and you if you need to go take an extra job or you need to sell your house or you need to sell your one of your cars to pay for private education uh it's out there and it's good and uh, i would recommend epic epec you can look that up at churchofgladtidings.com and then click on ministries and click on epic and get it get your kid over there uh, we're done today and uh so lord willing we'll come back uh a week from now and do another show so thank you for listening trees of green red roses too I see them bloom for me and you and I think to myself what a wonderful world I see skies of blue The bright blessed day and the dark sacred night and I thank to